what we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of The Hustle Sold Separately. Uh, I'm doing this one uh, on an Instagram live right now. So I really want to thank everybody that's like actually tuning in. I figured I would do like a double recording. I would talk with all of you um, while at the same time recording this. So everybody else that wants to hear about this later on can. Um, for those of you that are newer to the podcast, um, you know, I, I always say that we're having conversations about things that matter. <laughs> and that, uh, you know, the usual flow that I say is that instead of glamorizing, glorifying success and all that stuff, let's actually look at, you know, how success is more of an arbitrary word and you guys can all define it your own way. And um, for those of you who are new, I really appreciate everybody tuning in. And um, this week I'm doing a solo episode, which is why I'm on an Instagram live. And I wanted to talk about NFTs <laughs> because it's a constant thing that is evolving. We're very early on. And there's a lot more going on than I feel like um, people may know and understand. And if it's going to be here to stay as a utility of technology for us, then we should probably start having conversations to make it a little bit easier to understand so it won't feel like you don't know what's going on. All right. And, um, and again, also for those of you that are newer that are tuning in, not on the IG live, um, you can reach out to me at Matt Goddessman. If you come across this podcast episode from, you know, somewhere else, uh, reach out at Matt Goddessman on Instagram. I'll answer, you know, all the questions. So let's talk about NFTs. All right. Um, a lot of times people are like, what the hell is it? Um, and we'll start there and then we'll start talking about community and ownership, investing, value, abundance, mindset, spirituality, like all the stuff related into it, okay? Um, NFT stands for non-fungible token. I've done other episodes about this. We won't go in anything crazy with that, but a non-fungible token is like a collectible. You've been used to it. You've been doing it your whole life, whether it be like action figures, baseball cards, um, Anything that has intrinsic value that um, has been deemed by the market to say, hey, it's worth more than maybe what you paid for it, right? Um, value, value. It has a store of value. A fungible token would be like a dollar. You exchange a dollar for something that's a dollar and that's it, right? All right, so we got that out of the way. That's what a non-fungible token is. It's in some way, something has a store of value. It's a collectible, if you will, if you will, okay? All right, what is happening with why these have purpose? Well, okay. So blockchain technology, I know I'm going to nerd out a little bit with you guys on this, is that it is basically changing everything you've been experiencing in the web 2.0 world. You've probably been like, all right, this is cool. I love the internet, but it also, you know, you deal with all kinds of issues, hacking to banking to transactions to theft, identity theft, right? You, you, you've inevitably kind of been in the beta experience of the internet for like the last 15, 20 years, right? Because then we, before that was like barely used for like just maybe like reading information. Um, Web 2.0 was reading and writing, meaning we can write on social media and blogs and things like that. Blockchain is basically, it looks the same on the front end as what we've been experiencing but it's programmed differently and it takes away all of these problems that we've been experiencing in the web 2.0 world because it's 
um, it's a very transparent system that says when you put something up online, a bunch of independent people from around the world or nodes have to verify it and then solidify it on the, you know, online. Let's just say online, so I don't want to, you know, make it harder than it seems like to sound. Now, you ever, you guys ever seen like fact checkers and people like take stuff off the internet and then put up new numbers and say, hey, like this is what's going on. And you're like, didn't that say something last week? And then there's like, oh yeah, kind of, I mean, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Not in blockchain. In blockchain, whenever you put something up online, it's online. That's it. There's a record transaction, a recorded transaction of it, period. You could see how that might be of utility if you're an inventor, you're a creator, an artist, a musician, a writer, you have an idea for a patent, you um, have a, a course, an online course, right? You ever, you ever see somebody make an online course and somebody else rips it off and says it was theirs and they rebrand it? Not anymore, right? Um, so there's lots of utility, right? And then the way I also like to show, tell people is like, think, if you think about it, like, isn't there a black market for Louis Vuitton purses, right? You know, or like certain leather goods or Prada or whatever, right? Um, and what happens is they get, you know, either reworked or stolen or whatever, and they almost look identical. And you can even make a certificate of authenticity, like, you know, out of a piece of paper, right? Um, and print it the exact same way. Not with blockchain, with blockchain, you can actually track every single good or material as it's being made and stamp. Like maybe maybe you sell, a, maybe you go to the Louis Vuitton um, website and in order to purchase it, you have to purchase what they call an, an, an NFT. And it says, hey, here's not only, you know, some really cool artwork and all the designs that go into making this beautiful purse you just bought, but it also verifies that it came right from us. That's a flex because you know it's authentic. Right. Okay. So you get now you kind of get a little bit of of how an NFT could play a utility in an everyday good you've already been used to. You buy a car. You want to know that the title insurance on it came from the right you know person. They transfer that. It's on an NFT. They transfer it to you. You now own the NFT. It's a verification that it's real. Okay. So why is this exciting? By the way, I'm, I love that I'm actually flowing on this because I, there's been so many times I feel like sometimes it's harder to explain, <laughs> but I feel like I'm in a really good, I think it's because you guys are all here. It's your energy. So, um, so I, I'm pretty sure like that so far hopefully makes it pretty easy to follow, right? Where we're heading to, and, I, and I'll, give you, I'll give you a really perfect example of um, one of the things I want to talk to you about, which is community. You guys are all community. You're seeing this with Gary Vee. You're seeing this with musicians. You're seeing this with a lot of people. You're seeing this in our, like, we're a community. Like, I'm launching a limited run of NFTs with utility and with um, merchandise and with, po like, with written and other things and art. Limited and only for the community, but we'll get to that another time. So, but community is a big thing, and I want to give it, give you an example of um, in an NFT world. Okay, first let's let's back up. In an Instagram TikTok world of how popular I am, it's not the same in blockchain and NFT world. Yes, if you have popularity from real value, like people follow you, not because you look pretty or like, you know, you're <laughs> representing a lifestyle or whatever. Um, and you just want likes and follows. That's not the same as in blockchain and NFT, 
Because in that world, people want to consume your work or goods and services because you have value. That's a big deal. So in Web 2.0 world, you got a lot of people like, I want likes, I want followers, I want to be popular, I want to this. Like, no, you need to be valuable to people in your community that you're curating. How do I provide value? How do I show up? How do I give products and services that you guys want? And it requires a lot of fucking humility because I have to actually listen to you and gauge like where you're at. Like what is it you want? What is it you appreciate the most? That doesn't mean that I'm going to do all those things because it has to also resonate with me. But at least I get an understanding from a relationship and that leads me to like now an NFT. All right. So for example, let's use a musician. And then I'm going to use two examples with a musician. A musician starts at the underground level and curates a community on its way up because they're like, I'm giving you value. I'm giving my work, my art, my love, and my passion. And you're all like, yeah, I love listening to you on Spotify and Apple and all these places. And they go, thank you. Now, under the Web 2.0 system, even though you're listening to them on Spotify and Apple and all the places, millions and millions of streams, right? They don't really see much of the money. Spotify does. Managers do. Labels do. Millions of streams. And the relationship that they cultivated was with you, the artist and the consumer. Right? They do all this work to feed the machine. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Apple, Google, all of it. Spotify, creators and by the way this is just for musicians so far but this is for everybody don't so don't think like oh i'm a banker this doesn't apply i'm in real estate this doesn't apply just run with me for a minute on this okay just run with me for this with this so you imagine that they're doing all this love and work now they they created value in your eyes in my eyes of course because like man they're doing the work and they're really trying to really do all this stuff but they're getting taken by all these people in the middle right okay In NFT land, in blockchain, they can say, you know what? I've got this work, this artwork and the lyrics and this album. I want to put it out as an NFT, a non-fungible. I want want you to cement. I want to put the work online. And now it's solidified on the blockchain. And by the way, when you put it online, just so you're aware in the blockchain, it's not some weird. It's like uploading things to Dropbox. All right. It's like uploading something to Dropbox. That's it. And you insert the artwork and the lyrics and you tell everybody that buys this, um, you know, NFT gets all the music, all the links to all the music, all the lyrics, all the artwork. Um, and you can also attach anything else you want to it. Like, hey, um, 20% off any concert I do for the next five years. Whatever you want. You get to actually add utility. Who buys it? The consumer. Who receives it? The artist. Anybody else? No. You get it? You understand? You see what you, you get what I'm saying? So like all the people eating off the artist who's abused <laughs> and taken advantage of now sees the direct benefit from the value they give to all of you. Straight up. Now, because of that value, instead of dollar albums or which you can do, maybe you add so much extra value to it that your audience is willing to pay $150 for that NFT in the form of Ethereum or whatever, you know, or other crypto, but they're willing to pay 150 bucks or 100 bucks. Let's just say 100 bucks, okay? 
what if 5,000 people alone purchase an NFT? That's 500 grand, but no middleman. Yep, there you go. See, it's just said on here. No middle person. There you go. I know there's a slight delay too on lives, but so there you go. No middleman. But let's 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 go back for a second. So, but you can offer an NFT. You could say like it's only like five dollars. It's only ten dollars. Whatever, right? Ten dollars worth of Ethereum. Million people purchase it. You have a, a good audience. A uh, hundred thousand people purchase it. Doesn't matter. Let's say it's a hundred thousand people um, because you're you're an established artist. Cool. You're an established artist. Ten dollars. One million. There you go. And a few artists have done that. One million dollars. There you go. The relationship was between the artist and the consumer. No middlemen. No extra fees. No nothing. Outside of maybe like they, you know, make sure, to, you know, with lawyers and registering their music, doing all that stuff, fine. But again, blockchain also does solve for the copyright and the trademark and all this other stuff. But that, that's still being worked on. So let's just leave it at that, all right? Okay. Now, some people go, oh, wait, but I still have to be popular. I still have to be this, I'll be like that. Because I, you know, I don't deal with the whole victim mentality, but I'm going to actually crush that little thing right now, okay? Because you can have followers of like a thousand people, a thousand people. And, and I said this, you know, I've said this to artists, uh, a few artists now. Let's say you only have a thousand people that follow you. And 500 people want to purchase your NFT, you know, of your music. They get the music. Again, just for anybody that's new on here, music and lyrics and artwork and, um, hey, 20% off any tickets for any event for the next five years and whatever else you want, right? Um, you, it, you have 1,000 people, 500 people purchase that, right, for 100 bucks. There you go, 50 grand, okay? You know what I'm saying? So you have ownership, community, value. I haven't even gotten to the best stuff yet. You guys are going to freak out when you hear like what else like actually you can do with this. This is just the beginning of it. All right. So you have ownership, community, abundance, investing and value. Investing in abundance, you say, where does that come from? Let me, let me explain. Let's say, use me an example. So I'm going to put out a set of NFTs. If you believe in my value and where I'm heading and you're the first to acquire the NFTs and I only do like a certain limited amount, but you like my work, you like my value, you like what I've created and all the utility that attaches to it, two things are happening if you hold the NFT. As I continue to do the work, me, as I continue to do the work and I continue to grow and I continue to like add more value and I continue to create and um, you know, my distribution and reach grows into even more into the millions and um, I continue to do, bring more products and service to the market and my value goes up, the value of those NFTs go up, you sit and hold something that is going up in value without you even doing the work. You're just part of the community that owns it. This is actually what's also happening with V friends, right? With Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V, right? A lot of people bought. You know that the minimum Gary uh, V friend goes for 70K now? 70K in Ethereum. Think about this. He made more people nearly $100,000 in one year from being in his community for buying something for one Ethereum when it was like $2,500 back in like April, May, okay? The people who own the NFT didn't do anything else. He just kept being Gary V, bringing value, um, you know, creating new stuff in the marketplace and just being Gary V. And, and his people, his community, well, I mean, we're all, I'm sure, probably somewhat part of his community, right? Um, participated in owning some of his NFTs. And as his value goes up, your holding of that person goes up. 
that's pretty bomb. Now that's just from an NFT standpoint um, in holding it as like a, a, a collectible or an asset or something like that, all right? All right, now another cool thing. You at any point in time can turn around and sell that NFT and make that money if you want right then. And then the new person that holds it gets any of the value and attachments to that NFT and you, you know, you've sold it, you're, you're done and all that other stuff. And the person who created, whether me or a music artist, whoever, can also tie in there and say, guess what? Um, I, this is my music. This is my work. You can resell my work at any time you want in the marketplace. I'm just going to take a 10% royalty because it, it, it's my work. Because blockchain is a ledger system. It's tracking everything. It's not like what we're experiencing Web 2.0. We're like, oh, we took that information off our website. We, we never said that. Not on blockchain. Blockchain tracks everything. And not only does it track everything, truthfully, not manipulated, truthfully, every time an NFT is automatically sold, so long as it was solid, when it was minted on the blockchain as having a royalty, no matter what, no matter where that thing goes, 10% back to that artist as a royalty in their digital wallet, not digital wallets that the gov and all that other shit is talking about, like your own independent blockchain wallet, um, you know, 10% that money is coming back in in perpetuity for life, not just with you, but your family, your family's family, your family's family's family. Sorry, I think it keeps cutting out here. Your family's family's family and so forth and so on. You get, you get it. This is a new way of thinking, which is why you have a lot of people in the business world, which in my opinion has been done very shadily. Not all business, of course not. I love business. It's just that not the old way of doing business, in my opinion. So um, now value, abundance mindset, right? People um, who feel that you are bringing true, authentic value in goods and services, holding on to your work, Allowing that to appreciate in value, possibility of reselling it. Again, back to the Gary Vee thing and the V friends. So if those people who invested, you know, bought like half an Ethereum or for one Ethereum, because you can you don't have to do the full amount for a V friend back at the beginning, and now they're like minimum seventy to a hundred thousand, he just made all of them money. Um, and which, you know, they so they learn the value of buying something and holding it. Invest. It's like like baseball cards. Only instead of baseball cards taking 20, 30 years to appreciate in value, <laughs> now you're sometimes talking about like a year or, or less. Now we are in a bullish economy. Let me let me stress that, and that's another a conversation for another time. But still, value is value in any kind of a market. So if you're delivering value, you're delivering value. Okay. So that whole V friends thing. So you can imagine, imagine like some of these are kids that just basically put their like life savings, two thousand dollars, a thousand, whatever, to when it was when Ethereum was like two thousand bucks to buy a V friend back in April, May. Now it's worth like seventy to a hundred thousand plus. They turn around, and sell it. They can pay off debt. They can use it for building something. They can you know start investing it. Do you get like how it's a community driven initiative as an NFT? We all win not just one person. And it's ironic because more money can be generated than, again, let's go back to the music example. It's funny how the old paradigm is 
you're the artist, you do very well, we're going to all eat off of you and you get this much and everybody suffers. It's such a zero-sum game as Naval Ravikant would say. I don't believe in zero-sum game. It's like the dumbest business-like mentality is somebody wins and somebody loses. That's the Honesty is the most profitable and making sure everybody wins is the most profitable. Always. It's because you have greed in this world and uh, uh, emotional issues, even though they're masquerading as, you know, big business people and all this other stuff and titles and statuses. No, because real wealth actually is very abundant. Um, and it's actually also very smart. It's very like, how do we all share? So, so NFTs, so to kind of recap real quick, how am I doing on time? 20 minutes, not too bad. All right. NFTs are, you know, they're a store of value. They're minting your work on the blockchain. So they're recorded transactions. Cop, you know, you can make a case for copyright and patent, all this other stuff. If you've created value for your community and they like your work, they will consume it. Of which, as you continue to become more valuable from your life's work, so too do the things that they're holding on to you. And you don't have to be dead for that to happen. <laughs> right? And in doing so, my work inadvertently ends up hopefully also making you, you know, uh, grow in um, money and abundance as well. Not just like, hey, thanks for like liking and following my post, which I'm very grateful for you guys doing that. <laughs> Absolutely. But more so because you appreciate the value of the work. If you didn't, I, I wouldn't be pissed if you're like, nah, I'm not gonna like this. <laughs> it would, I totally would get that. You know what I mean? So, so that's that's NFT and ownership, all right? And I know some people say like, again, well, like, you know, I'm a spiritual coach. This makes, you know, I don't, what do I do? And I'm like, well, okay, like you're a spiritual coach, all right? Well, maybe you might make products um, for, um, you know, like I know somebody who like, they, they're actually a manufacturer of like tuning forks for like different things for like vibration in their, in their body. All right, so like maybe they make like a certain style of it and they say, hey, you know what? In order to purchase it, just come to my website, which is integrated with like, you know, an NFT system, like a plugin, like just like you would in a WordPress site only, you know, OpenSea or some of these other platforms. And buy, you can buy it here. You'll get the physical good in the mail, but here's the NFT that says you bought it and here it gives you instructions and it's like gives you the dynamic and the, and the design and it gives you other utility and it allows you to do this and oh, it allows you to be part of my community over here and all this stuff, right? So I don't want to hear that, you know, um, well, I'm this, I'm a banker or I'm a, you know, a coach or I'm real estate. Real estate, perfect, perfect. Put all the blueprints, all the plans, all of the historical data on it, the builder's information, um, you know, uh, title, escrow, everything. Wrap it all up into one nice, beautiful NFT and say, hey, when you purchase this, everything is verified and you have all the information in one place as a store of value and that you bought this beautiful home. And even as the home appreciates in value, oh, I'm going to get back to that in a second. As the home appreciates in value, you know, um, so too um, does the, you know, and the NFT, whatever, et cetera. Which I'm gonna I'm gonna revert back to that here right like right now okay, let's say you purchase something of mine for one Ethereum and in this market right now it's worth four thousand five thousand dollars. Just saying, just like let's say you purchase something of mine, right? Let's use a musician. I like that one. You purchase something of the musician, you own the NFT, and you say I bought it for one hundred fifty dollars worth of Ethereum, and that was when Ethereum was worth four thousand dollars. Okay. It's a simple thing. Like I bought it for 150 bucks of worth of Ethereum. It's, it was five, Ethereum was $5,000 a coin at that time. Not only do you own the NFT and as the value of the, the artist goes up, you guys might not have realized that, but because cryptocurrency 
is has a limited supply. It's not like the dollar where they keep printing it and inflation goes up. There's a limited sub- circulating supply. That if Ethereum in this market is worth fifty thousand or five thousand dollars, and in five years, three years, it's worth fifty thousand dollars, then what you paid for that collectible, even if the artist didn't do anything else, what you paid for it, the value of what you paid for it, had also gone up. All right. So if, let's say you let, but let's just say like let's say you bought something of of that artist for four thousand, like for one Ethereum token, it was four thousand dollars at the time, and um, the value of Ethereum has gone up even if the artist wasn't doing much, right? Now, it doesn't mean that the market's going to pay for that. Like, let's also be clear about that. You know, it's also something has its value because the market wants to, like, they find continuous value in it. And the way they find continuous value in it is that the person who created it is continuing to do the work that they're doing in this world. Or even if they've passed on, their work has been left behind to, like, really, you know, like, we, we appreciate Picasso and we appreciate Basquiat and we appreciate, you know, Jimi Hendrix, their work lives on and they increase in value no matter what. It's that now we get to increase in value before we die. <laughs> um, anybody that's tuning in, by the way, right now towards the end of this, not the end of this live, but now in the live, if you go back to the beginning, um, you know, uh, you'll, you'll be able to go, this is being recorded as a, as a podcast episode. So I just want to let everybody know that's on the live. That's not like, you know, this will be a podcast episode. So you can go back and you can use all of this stuff. All right. Um, because, Talking about NFTs um, and um, wealth creation, as I like to call ethical wealth creation, um, is a big deal. Um, And you have more ownership, sovereignty, um, control over what you create. Um, You have community. You can do more with less. You have no middlemen. You make more money. And you are doing it through value base, right? Instead of trading dollars for hours or instead of, you know, getting taken advantage of by everybody in your industry that's helping you get your work out there, okay? So there's a lot of really, really cool things with NFTs. And so for those of you, I don't want to like go back through for everybody that's just jumping on right now. You can, I'll, I'll put this podcast episode up um, and then everybody can go back and I, you know, replay it and go through all the different things that we just spoke about. Now, there were a couple of questions that came in, um, <laughs> and, um, I, hopefully I answered it. And it was, uh, one was from Spence the Barber and he said, you know, how are we certain NFT NFTs will retain value? And the best part is, is the way that they retain value is, is like, if you buy an NFT of mine and my work, and as we were talking about earlier, my work, I continue to do good work in this world. See, ah, like, and remember, keep in mind, like, these certain words, good work. I can't fake the funk. You cannot be inauthentic in the world we're heading into. Because if you are, and people are like, nah, you know, like, I'm kind of over that. That's just a fad. And like, nah, like, I'm, I'm not really dealing, like, that's, you know, it's a fly-by-night thing. I, I'm not really interested in, ah, no, like, you know, um, they seem a little inauthentic. And uh, I don't know if I really want to, like, you know, purchase their stuff anymore. You have to actually do good work in this world, especially with NFTs, in order to retain value. See, now it's tying the person, the creator, who is um, providing the value, the good or service to you. They now have to actually continue to keep doing like good in the world or, or their work in the world or whatever. And I get that life changes and things like that happen. That's fine. But in order to retain the value of the NFT, um, you know, they have to keep showing up, basically. It's almost kind of an accountability on the person who created it, right? So that's the beauty of that as well, too. You know, 
Um, any guess, if we had to relate it back to something, a rookie card comes out of a baseball player, it's very valuable, but it becomes even more valuable as that throughout their career, they keep doing better and better. You keep holding their baseball card, they keep getting better and better. You keep holding the baseball card, you make the money if you want to sell it at the end. Oh, wow, like this card became from what was a dollar from a bubblegum pack of cards now is worth like, you know, 10 grand. That's, that's probably the best analogy, right? They have to keep doing good work. Same with an NFT. That's how it retains value. Or, or just the market in general loves the work so much that they're like, you know what? Even if he doesn't do anything else, it's dope art. It's dope work. It's dope, like whatever was created. And it just, there's a demand for it. And people just want to hold it. And the more people want to hold it, right? So again, sovereignty goes back to even the holder. You keep holding it. More people want it because you don't want to sell it. Value goes up. <laughs> we are definitely moving into just a whole new world. And that's why I want people to explore these things because I've said this recently on my stories too. There's been a lot of, and I get it. There's been a lot of complaining over the years and I used to do the same. I totally get it. Um, there's been a lot of complaining over the years about like the unfairness of a lot of things with the system. And yes, the system is fucked up. It is. Let's just call it what it is. It was designed that way. It was set up that way for a lot of reasons. So a very small few could control a lot, and which is funny because it actually comes from a scarcity mindset. But at any given time, there is no cage unless we make it that way. It's just that they didn't exactly make it easy. You know, schools didn't exactly teach a lot of this stuff growing up. They didn't exactly teach mindfulness and fi- like finances and taxation and meditation and health and nutrition. And like, they teach us to be laborers in a free market economy. And the free market economy is funny to kind of call that because really like the businesses got greedier and greedier because of the way that they were playing off of status and title games, titles and status games and like, you know, positioning themselves without really doing the work. They were just basically profitable and they knew how to like, you know, look like they were important. (laughs) Not all businesses, not all businesses. And I love business. I just love good business. I love ethical business and I love ethical wealth creation. And that's why I'm, why I'm excited about where we're heading with NFTs and blockchain and crypto. Okay. Um, by the way, if anybody's listening to this from the live, you can go to my stories or go to my link in bio. Anybody listening on the podcast right now, um, you can go to link in my bio. Um, there's going to be a discord where I'll give you guys like all of the different like links. Like, here, and, and what we're going to do is uh, there'll be links to like all the different like here's some cool stuff with NFTs. Here's some really cool stuff with um, crypto and like different really cool projects that are out there. Um, Here's some really cool stuff with blockchain. Like, what does it really mean? So, you know, just a really great place to find really great resources from in and around like the web, you know, um, and make it more English, (laughs) like in terms of like, you know, uh, simplified is really what I'm saying, right? So um, you guys can join the pre-launch list or whatever in there. Um, I'm still setting it all up because I want to make sure you guys all have it. But um, so that's, that's NFTs. I could go on a tear about crypto where are we at? We're at about 30 minutes. I can go on a tear about crypto and blockchain some more, but like, I feel like I kind of want to separate all these out, but just real quick for anybody listening, like what's the deal with crypto? Why is it this? Why is that? I mean, by now it's mainstream, like knowledge that it exists in a certain capacity, whether you're involved in it or not still early, by the way. I got involved in 2017. I'm very fortunate that that happened um, from others that were able to bring me into learning about this, which was great. Um, and since then, I just really kind of got more interested in it and and delve further into it. The way stocks back companies, crypto backs software, if you will, software. Okay. 
stocks can be split or added more and manipulated because stocks, um, if a company wants to, you know, mess with the numbers and reposition itself in its value without giving value per se, just repositioning its numbers on the balance sheet, it can, you know, manipulate the worth. And you can always add more. It sounds like the dollar, right? We'll just keep printing dollars. Crypto has a limited circulating supply of coin. When you have a limited supply, it means it shrinks as people acquire it and the value goes up. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, once it's all acquired, then everybody's got it and it's, you know, no. Because if it was acquired completely and not used, then its um, value is like worthless. Its value is because it still has to be used. So even like, let's say one Bitcoin 10 years from now is worth like a million dollars or $5 million. You don't spend the whole Bitcoin, you spend fractions of it, right? But it has to be used, maybe an exchange of value, right? Just like we just talked about NFTs. Like I say, hey, pay me in Bitcoin. You go, oh, okay, I've got like, I'll pay you the $100 worth of Bitcoin. There you go, right? Exchange of value, right? So cryptocurrency is a limited circulating supply and it has to be used. That's the best part. It has to be used. It can't just sit dormant. So you can't have like these banks try to like gobble it all up. Like we're gonna grab, gobble it all up and then that'll be that. Like, no, it doesn't work that way because then, it, then it's worthless to them. Blockchain forces the general population into and incentivizes into good behavior. You can't manipulate blockchain. Now, somebody did ask like, well, what stops someone, and I love this, uh, what stops someone from making an identical NFT with a slight tweak and selling that? Well, blockchain is also using artificial intelligence and it will see it and it will be able to reference if, if a transaction at all is at all any, you know, somewhat similar to it, et cetera. But it also will not retain its, even if it were to get through, it couldn't possibly retain its value compared to like the original creation of it. And there's a transactional record of it. Like, oh, here's the original, like Board Ape Yacht Club. And then here's like, like, let's say, you know, a slightly tweaked version of it. People know the difference between the Board Ape Yacht Club and the slightly tweaked version of it in a different name or whatever. They know the difference because it's transactional. It's, it's recorded on the blockchain. They go, oh, no, no, no. I have the original. Like, here's the original. Here you go. And anybody can look that up at any time. So these, these types of things, see what I'm saying? Like, it's constantly holding people accountable. It's constantly, like, I say blockchain is a very spiritual thing. Um, and I'm not going to get too much further on that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end here in just a few minutes. Um, I'm recording for anybody that's new. Um, so uh, on the live. So um, blockchain is this very spiritual thing because it's like, because you cannot manipulate. Like, now you have to kind of surrender, let go, be your authentic self. You can't fake the funk. doesn't matter if you have likes and follows. You got to have value. You got to keep providing value. You have to be honest. You have to be direct. I mean, it's... It's funny that it's obviously happening at the same time that all of our other systems are breaking down, right? So, um, so hopefully you guys, like this was really, really helpful. I, I just, I wanted you guys to start to think about how we are changing technologically, not from the fear base of like, you know, joining some virtual, you know, ready player one and you'll lose your, <laughs> more so from um, how do we, um, retain more ownership of our lives and where we're heading, what we create, what we put out, 
uh, online or in technology or use technology to help um, grow our our art, our wealth, our business, our brand, our writing, our music, our everything, our health, right? How do we use the tools that we're being given that are redefining the last 15, 20 years where the internet has gotten kind of abused, right? And by the way, the interesting thing is, is a lot of us on the internet used it before the people who are abusing it now were earlier adopters because, you know, typically, right? And I'll give you a perfect example. I'll close with this. Facebook, when it was first being used, was college kids and the young, right? The younger. And then as more and more people started adopting it, the later people that were like, oh, what's this thing? The people who were early adopters usually move off of it because it gets misused sometimes. <laughs> it gets abused. It gets misused. It gets like, oh, I think I'm over that because like it's getting a little like it's not its original thing, right? So that, that happens when, when we think about that in its small form. Now imagine in a macro form of what we call technology, the internet, web 2.0. Well, that's what happened. You had like a large entities and inst institutions come in and say, you know what? Um, we're going to use this and we're going to manipulate the people. We're going to manipulate markets. We're going to use marketing to get what we want. We're going to tell people to do this. We're going to have power. We're going to, you know, uh, we're going to put out head the, the headlines you see in news, you know who the original people that did headlines on, on the internet were marketers back in the day. Now, I would, I'm, I am a marketer. I would never use headlines like that. I always actually believe you could just give people exactly what they want by giving them the truth. But like marketers would do like the bait and switch. They'd say like, uh, you know, some sensational headline. You come there and they ask you to purchase whatever it is that, they're, that they've created. That's kind of what we're experiencing with like somehow these big institutions and entities. I'm obviously using a different choice of words for a lot of reasons. Um, that's what they did is they finally caught on. They're like, oh, we can kind of use this technology to like do some, you know, things that, you know, kind of ruin it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But there, but here's the good news for a lot of the shit you're saying. And no matter what your perspective is, doesn't like, like listen, like everybody's got to do what's best for them. But the good news is, is that, because they're always the last to adopt and then they're always the first to really, really abuse the system, new innovation, new systems are always created to basically take care of the, I think it was Gary Vee a long time ago. He's, he was joking. I think it was him. So don't, don't hold me to it. I forget who it was, but it might've been him. He said, you know, um, the, the, the worst thing to hurt marketing were the marketers <laughs> because he was saying that like when people's choices start to abuse something that's really good, everybody starts abusing it. The market becomes saturated. People are like, this sucks now. And they go somewhere else. Right. Um, but it does also force new creation, new technology, new innovation. We're just witnessing a new paradigm shift. And it didn't just happen with tech. It happened with the old way of doing things. Business, people in positions of power. And I'm not even talking about like, you know, gov or anything. I'm just talking about like in general, like in businesses and companies and, and entities and all this and institutions and schools and all this stuff that got there. But like, I put it this way. I've been around a lot of CMOs where I had done so much of the marketing work at the guerrilla marketing level because I had always break apart the internet and figure it out. And I'd be like, how do these guys get these jobs? Like they didn't know any of this stuff. And it's just because they were part of companies with big budgets and they just basically would spend the money, but they were already profitable companies. So they didn't really have to even do anything. So it's a tangent I don't really want to go on right now, but the bottom line is that the old ways of doing things are not working as much anymore or at all. And new ways are ushering in and you're watching a clash between the two. 
And I just wanted you guys to be aware of thinking about how blockchain and crypto and NFTs could in some way provide some sort of a value for you, either in you acquiring crypto or NFTs from the marketplace or you creating NFTs, right? There's a new, there's a new abundant way of um, people investing and earning and doing a lot of different things. Not even investing, I shouldn't even say that. Just, just like creating and, and making money. And so if anybody is in positions, especially right now, where jobs are maybe not treating them a certain way, there's always going to be more options coming up that are also more in line and in, in alignment for whatever it is you want to do in this world. So you have options. I just wanted you all to know that too. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, we're at that 40-minute mark. Hopefully you guys found this helpful. Um, this is a podcast episode for anybody that's on the live right now. Anybody that's on the live, you can go like swing on over to my at Matt Goddessman and, uh, and connect with me there. So I wanted to do this at the same time so you guys can like, you know, we can talk about these things. But um, really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Alona. I've, uh, Alona, I hope that this was also helpful for you uh, given that, you know, fashion and NFTs and all that stuff. So um, but for everybody on here, um, you know, the people that I know and the people I don't know, I appreciate all of you guys. Um, so thank you guys for tuning in and, um, you know, just, uh, I hope you found this very helpful. You can DM me if you have any other questions about this stuff and put your name, put your, put your email on the list, the link in my bio on Instagram. Um, it's a pre-launch for the discord. I'm, I'm, I'm aiming for December 1st. I put it out there because perfect case in point for anybody listening for for anybody that's like tuning in everybody always says that they wait till they're ready i'm not always ready nobody is just in order to move i put the 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 link up there and said all right you guys like log in you know and that way um you know you're able to um sorry it's like freezing on my screen right now but like for anybody i wasn't fully ready but i basically i said go leave your email and I'll get it ready by then. I gave myself a deadline and that's how we make shit happen, all right? So I appreciate all you guys. Thank you, I'm gonna jump off because the internet's doing something a little weird, but I'll, I'll keep up with you. Oh, and also thank you guys for like the ratings and the reviews on the podcast. On Apple, you can leave one, please. It means a lot uh, according to Apple, but more so I'm trying to kind of like usher you guys to these other platforms. My Substack, mattgoddessman.substack.com. It's called Permissionless. I, once a week, usually this week, or this month and last month was a little weird, but um, normally, you know, every week and there's some new stuff coming community growing appreciate you guys thank you so much seriously for tuning in uh and i'm out